I used to try to introduce people and I would actually brief people before. So I would give you like a pep talk and be like, Hey, you're going to do this. You're going to do great. And, uh, Hey, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you don't want to talk about? I still do that sometimes. Like if I know someone has something they're sensitive about. Um, and then I would actually try to introduce them and then throw it to them. And then that always led to an awkward first five minutes where we're trying to recover from what just started off as something like really artificial and like show businessy. Um, so I, I listen to a ton of podcasts and I listen to enough. I'm like, like Joe Rogan, like I listen to that once in a blue moon. And I'm like, he never like does that. He just starts the show. And I'm like, why, why am I not doing that? That's so much less of a hassle because I mean, while I don't typically introduce people like your name's already in the title. So like people yeah, are going to yeah. figure this out. And yeah. if they don't know who you are, they <laughs> will by the time they're done. I mean, I, I intentionally sort of set this thing up not to be kind of like us, you know, data celebrity based because there's, there's already enough podcasts that do that where like you're chasing the dragon of getting like Andy Kirk on or something, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But when you do that, you're always needing to find like the next person that equals that. And if you're not doing that, your audience starts to drop off. And my whole thing was always I just want to have like real conversations with people that do cool data storytelling stuff. So and <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree, yeah. and I'm shocked that I, I never like invited you on before. So you and I were kind of like we were talking all the time for like a year or so. Uh, then we kind of went in different directions. And I was thinking about you recently because um you know, Jeff Schaefer was the past guest on the show. And it's, yeah. it's so funny because like right after the show wrapped, he and I talked for like 15 minutes and we were talking about you. I was like, man, like, <laughs> does oh, that's funny. Coolest stuff. And I'm like, I was telling him like, <laughs> it's like his standard, like is what I'm trying to like, that's what I would like <laughs> to do. Like, I don't think I do that, but I, I, you have that like famous rhino poaching viz. And I'm like, oh, it was like, I look at it and it's the like composition is magnificent. Like the background color is like sublime, like everything about the layout. And I'm just like, I, like if I could make one thing that was that good, I think I would be really happy. But then again, I know myself enough to know that I'm never happy with anything I make. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, I would say that's our problem, you know, constantly just, you know, what no, no matter what you do is you're always unhappy. You just want to do the next, the best one. I, that's uh, so that's so much of it for me. Like before I, I got into data and data viz and then like doing it recreationally and sort of like uh, for the sake of, you know, beauty and enjoyment and storytelling, I, yeah. I would just draw like all the time. Like that was my background noise. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. I I I am undiagnosed, but I am entirely confident I have ADHD um, <laughs> because both of my kids have it. And I, I recognize now when I see them in those way. Oh, hey. So it's like that was sort of my like stimming thing. So like I'm in class or I'm wherever and I'm taking yeah. notes with, with one hand and I've got a second pad next to it where I'm drawing and like yeah. people would take that as not paying attention. I'm like, no, no, no. This is this is part of the process. Like if I yeah. were to not be doing that, then I'm all then like my my mind's wandering. This allows me to have some something to keep me busy. So like. Yeah. Whenever I would do that, I never finished anything because it was never good enough. Like I, I'm like, ah, this thing still needs more work. And I would just move on to something else instead of doing it. Now with data, I'm like, I've sort of set so many boundaries for myself on personal projects. Like yeah. my personal objective is if this takes more than three hours, I know myself enough to know I'm probably going to get bored with it. So, you know, yeah. before I undertake the thing, think, you know, what's my objective here? And in many ways, I know you like the one chart project and that's like, I also like the one chart project because I'm like, okay, where can I, what can I make? That's like the, just the right chart to talk about this idea. And then I'm done and I don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah. I, I completely, you know, relate with what you just said. Um, yeah. I mean the same, some kind of a boat, you know, it's um, when I start doing something, it's, I always, you know, I'm not, happy with how far did I get with some designs or some implementation and they just oh let me add this stuff or or there's a pixel you know that it's not straight aligned you know aligned and it's always something that I'm spending hours and hours on, on that you know and this is something that I'm trying to get better these days is you know I'm, I'm trying to get better with uh, you know d3 these days and using that kind of stuff and uh in the past, it was always, oh, I need to produce something, 
you know, on a daily matter or a weekly matter. Um, and these days it's just, who cares? You know, I, I can just produce on my own time. You know, we just, I can release something every month or every six months, you know, there's no pressures. So I'm trying to get into this kind of a habit is maybe daily, you know, I can do half an hour of, of work on, on database on, and it doesn't mean that I need to release it tomorrow. Um, you know, but then again, also on that note is don't go too deep into <laughs> every single detail. It's just at one point you need to say, okay, it's enough. Let's move, you know, over and uh, and uh, to the next one. Um, yeah, but uh, it's funny you mentioned that that, uh, that Rhino uh, database. Uh, I still remember when I uh, when I did it, um, when I did it, and I posted. The, the whole community was, oh, this is all red. You know, this is crazy. You know, this this huge amount of color in there. You know, no one ever anticipated or some kind of a thought that you can do even something like this and even i was some kind of surprised that this worked totally you know it's what it was not my intention in in the beginning it was just oh let's just play around with colors um and it turned out quite well but yeah i mean it makes sense that i mean there's a uh, a handful of colors that are extraordinarily vivid and pop big and that's one of yeah. those colors uh tristan uh who's a a uh a, another tableau visionary who's been creating yeah. a lot of visual tools lately he's got this royal blue that he uses that's his like branded color you know yeah, yeah. and that's another one of those colors that when you see that color you're like oh it's like it's so it's so vivid and perfect and it works so great with like white for example so yeah, like when yeah. you find some of those colors you just want to keep them in your hip pocket knowing if i like needed a single color project i can bust that thing out and yeah. uh, i think going back to your, your sort of rhino example um, you were sort of at least in sort of the Tableau community. And I know you're in D3 and you're using other tools as well, more predominantly now. But at the time you launched that, um, you were bringing in sort of a new voice that people weren't familiar with in terms of like strictly like data viz in the sense that most people that are Tableau users are business dashboard creators by day. Yeah, so when yeah. they think of data visualization, they're coming at it from the perspective of a business dashboard. Um, so while their personal projects may end up looking different from what they would create at work, a lot of it is coming to it from that mentality. And yeah. what you created was something that came way more from like, you know, magazine layouts and graphic design. You know, yeah, when yeah. I think of a lot of the stuff that are my influences, I think of comic book panels and stuff like that, or magazine layouts where you've got images with text around it now. And that's another thing. You sort of, you know, I'm not going to say you pioneered. I don't think it's exclusively you, but you made it okay to put blocks of text on the page because particularly with personal projects, when you're dealing with data at rest versus data in motion, you have a lot more capability to add editorial to this. You can say a lot more because you know it's not going to change. Like yeah. if this data is potentially going to change or the story is different, you would have to actually create like active text that changes with the story. And that's a huge hassle, but like you, you're taking these different elements and also your use of white space on the page. Like, you yeah, know, I yeah. remember talking, you know, having conversations with you back and forth about, you know, your, your sort of feeling on margins and alignment and stuff. And it was stuff I yeah, had never yeah. thought about before. And at the time, some of it, it wasn't stuff I was sort of ready to embrace or hear, but you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of that was because I was thinking of stuff purely from a dashboard mentality. And also I was at the time wanting to put a lot more on the page because particularly when you're sort of younger or newer in this profession, your inclination when you're doing stuff is I want to show people what I know and what I can do. Yeah. So you're wanting to put all the tricks you can out there. You're sort of yeah. preaching to the choir yeah. versus like discovering what your voice is or what you would like to be making. And then just doing that. And I think I, for me, at least I'm now in a much more comfortable page or when I do a project, I'm really making it because it's something I would like to do. Yeah. And more often than not, I'm making it not for data people, but for the uninitiated. I, even if it's something that they only see in a totally flat sense with zero interactivity, I want to make something that looks relatively neat that has maybe a single thing that's eye catching. And then it says something that they can read and they say, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, agree what you said. Um, 
I would say that when I started doing this data viz, I mostly started with uh, Makeover Monday. Um, I definitely approached more from design perspective. You know, I I do design, you know, at my job. So I'm UX UI designer. Uh, so I think that's why it was easier for me to lean more on that side while I was uh, learning more about, you know, uh, data analysis so i'm I'm still not good at data analysis you know you guys or community it's way better on doing that you know so they were approaching from that perspective so i, I was trying probably balancing those those two uh, ideas together how can this uh be working um but then i also found a tableau tool it was i was some kind of a inspired or very interesting into this kind of a you know you have layout um i haven't used tableau now for for a while but um you have floats and then you have what's the other uh, approach like containers uh, or containers yeah. yeah i was really digging into the those containers you know i was spending hours and hours to align those containers properly you know with margins and so you're all, deeply everything. nesting them you're doing all exactly. sorts of addings and yeah exactly so you know this was you know my passion at some point you know i spend really you know a long time on doing that and even if you look at um some works that i still have on on um tableau public you can see that there's a lot of this nesting um i, I so that that's probably perspective of this kind of more um you know editorial way of you know aligning those layouts um and yeah you know Aligning stuff. This is me designing or design, being designer. It's just I can't see stuff that it's not aligned. It just drives me nuts. Um, so <laughs> this kind of yeah. It's, it, but yeah, I always try to look from from design perspective and then brought this uh, you know data analysis into mix. Uh, it's funny to say that because I started doing that because I wanted to be better in in data analysis. You know. Um, but then you know how it is when you start learning something you probably lean more on those things that you know much you know you, you know better and then start slowly dragging the other stuff in there um so like i find your sensibilities really interesting like your sort of use of text and sort of imagery and color and yeah. uh, it's really interesting like how different industries come to this at different points. And, you know, I talk about how, you know, you sort of gave like data viz, at least in the Tableau community. I don't know how everyone else is doing. Like, I realize we're, we're a segment, right? Like we're, we're, we're a, a niche, right. Of a, a larger community. I don't know how big yeah. data is as sort of like sort of a recreational <laughs> hobby. Like obviously as a profession, it's quite large. Um, but I, I recognize a lot of like the big designers that people look to lean more on stuff like D3 that give you a lot more power yeah. and customization, yeah. but require a lot more sort of coding on the back end and stuff. And I see design coming to things that I, I never would have expected. For example, your work really reminds me of uh, a, a British designer called Tom Muller, who Marvel had recently employed to redesign their entire X-Men line. So, you know, mm -hmm. obviously they've mm -hmm. got artists that illustrate their books. But yeah. they wanted to come up with sort of color treatments and sort of a universal theme that wrapped around, uh, oh, what do our covers look like? Uh, what's our imagery look like? What are our yeah. standard colors? And he put together like a really elaborate design kit for them that showed mm -hmm. them, hey, here's how you can incorporate design yeah. elements and imagery. And then you let your artists go wild with whatever they're doing with your stories. But like, yeah, let yeah. this be the commonality that connects this entire product line. And it was a brilliant move. Like they had not done that with designers before, but it's, it's, yeah. you know, UX designers, I find like the work you guys do fascinating because it's definitely alien to me. Like while I've picked up <laughs> things of it, it's, it's not how I think about things. So how did you get into UX design in the first place? Oh man, how much time do we have? <laughs> so as much as you um, want, <laughs> um, so it's funny, um, my story back in 20s, uh, you know, my 20s, um, I was sound engineer. So I was working in studios doing uh, recordings uh, for um, commercials, um, voiceovers or sounds for um, movies, all this kind of stuff. And then on a side, I was always tinkering around, let's say, with Photoshop, uh, 
um flash was also big at that time i was doing those banners you know as a side hustle and at some point you know i make a decision made a decision to say okay okay this is very interesting to me um you know let's let's do transition so i made transition into design i went to a school for two years or something you know for multimedia and then i landed in one of those you know web companies that you do you know web implementation or all this kind of design for for web um so that's that's the way that i got into design but then um when i was in design at that point it's funny because i was always inspired about um you know, animating or this kind of interactivity on, on web. So you have this design like, uh, you know, more as a print design and then more web. So I was always leaning more into the web stuff. Um, and this was the interesting part for me. Uh, and somehow through my career, I always found um, interest in working with data, dashboards. You know, I never, you know, said, oh, this is my goal. It was always, oh, some kind of a those type of work you know it just always found me <laughs> and then I was always leaning in there um and, and yeah eventually I you know some kind of I realized oh this is you know part of my identity you know my, my design identity so um yeah at that point you know uh I think at one point I even started digging into Tableau as, as a reason of that it's just okay I spent so much time designing dashboards you know doing charts but then just doing charts, let's say, in any of the editor programs, you know, like Figma or Sketch, it's totally different than, you know, having real data, maybe put it into uh, Tableau and then realizing that, oh, whatever I am producing in Figma, it's not the same as, you know, it's in Tableau. So this kind of a, a reality check, this was something that drives me into the, into the Tableau. It's just, okay, can I be better while I'm using Tableau? as an exploration or learning path. Can I be better, you know, because of that in my design? Um, so yeah, that was uh, some kind of a short story about how I landed in design. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's some salient points there where I think a lot of times people see like the, the end result. They see like, you know, like in a business context, they see a business dashboard or something. And they're like, oh, yeah. like, look, yeah, I can use this tool and I can make something. And they don't realize the complexity of even getting the data to a point where it's useful in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so many, you know, I, I meet some people where they, you know, they essentially are just like a Tableau developer. They they receive perfectly cultivated data from some magical source. Yeah. And then they make dashboards out of it. I'm like, wow, what's that like? I mean, like I, I work in a place now that's like very organized, but even considering that, we have to transform this stuff. Like we, we have to integrate third party data sources. We're taking into like levels of detail that are different between two data sources and how to account for oh, that. Yeah. I get wacky questions all the time of how to accomplish stuff. And it's, it's, I mean, it's part of what makes you valuable in my profession is that, you know, your experience as well as your, your ability to adapt and learn new things on the fly. But it's like the dashboard is just the end result. It's like everything oh, yeah. that led up to oh, that. Yeah. It's, you know, ideally, in some cases, maybe there doesn't even need to be one. Like, and sometimes that's yeah. the answer. Like, you don't need that for that. I can do, I, you know, I can create you a simple report that's emailed to you that does does this thing. You know, because yeah. uh, a dashboard, it's like, it's a tool just like anything else. And it shouldn't be considered like the ultimate answer to every question. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you're saying that uh, just having a, a table is good enough? Sometimes. Now, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, okay, I got to tell you this. So um, at, at my old job before I came to work at JLL, um, I was once asked to like look at something a different department was working on. Yeah, It's yeah. sort of like a niche department I didn't have a lot of contact with, but they're like, hey, look, this guy's made this dashboard and like the executives are gaga for it. They, like, they love this thing. Like we want you to like take a look at it and let us know what you think. Like they're very excited. Like this isn't like a, we want you to come like coach him up and give feedback situation. This was a like, this was a victory lap and like, hey, yeah. may maybe you'll learn something from this. And <laughs> I went to see what this dashboard was. And uh, I worked at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I was in the fundraising uh, wing of it, yeah. which is known as ALSAC. And uh, we basically have like two main colors, corporate colors. We have the like sort of burgundy, um, which is the normal logo color. And then once yeah. a year at Thanksgiving, they did Thanksgiving. And it was like this really aggressive neon green. Mm -hmm. Um, and for some reason, some people kept trying to use those in dashboards, which is always a problem, but, uh, this particular dashboard, 
was only a text table um, and it scrolled both horizontally and vertically forever. And the background of it was bright burgundy red. And it's uh, it was one of those things where like, uh, you know, my poker face was gone immediately. And then I had to recover and say like something redeeming and positive <laughs> but later when i had the opportunity to, to talk to him about it, i'm sort of gently trying to steer him towards like well you know red's a really aggressive color and right now the thing that's colored on here is the only thing that's not data <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first thing i'm going to look at is not your endless text uh, table um yeah. It's one of those things where I, I don't even remember who made it and it's not to call anyone out, but it's one of those things where entirely well-intentioned and it's be, yeah. it was being reinforced because also the people receiving it didn't know that things could be better. And that's yeah. like, for me, I, I realized that, you know, in the team I was on, we had some talented people that I was working with and learning from, but really my, a lot of my skill took off when I started seeing outside examples of what could be done, you know? And that's yeah, why I yeah. talk about you sort of being one of those examples for me and, you know, seeing like, Oh, I never do this with a thing. Like, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't think of this. And it's, I, I sort of, I love that challenge and inspiration comes from all over. And that even if like, I'm not going to make your rhino horn dashboard for work, yeah. I have taken things from that that I've synthesized into my work and I've taken ideas from that that I sort yeah. of use and un understanding like the the importance of space like you know I went to an Edward Tufty class yeah and uh Tufty he's blocked me on Twitter um <laughs> but one of his big thoughts was you know with higher resolution screens we're going to put more and more and more on every screen yeah. And like he's showing like the 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 like weather.com or something is showing all the stats down like the right yeah. corner of the yeah. page. Yeah. And as I'm thinking about this, like even as you know, this was a few years ago, I'm not as seasoned as I am now. I'm like, I don't think that's right. And it's the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, because like when I when I come up to you, and I'm like, like, tell me the 50 most important things in your life. You're like, I yeah. don't know, like 50 like, yeah. uh, you know, we can't keep track of that much information unless yeah, you find much, a, yeah. a really <laughs> elegant, minimal way to only highlight the things that are wrong in those 50 or the things that are right in those 50. I shouldn't yeah. show you all 50 if there's no action needed on them. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, no, I think you're taking this in the wrong direction. And uh, yeah. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. It, it's funny you mentioned this kind of a you know bigger size of uh, screens, you know, this responsiveness. Um, Honestly, we're battling this kind of a question daily, you know, while designing this dashboard is just, oh, what happens when you go pretty wide, you know, and then you have, usually you see this kind of dashboard, they just stretch. And then you see this kind of a table from left to right, you know, it's it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely one area that I see not enough uh, focus or, you know, when you're doing some dashboards, you just think that, oh, whatever I designed, this is it. You know, every customer or every user will see just that. No, you know, they might look at your phone, their phone or, you know, a huge screen. Um, <clears throat> I've seen in, in one of my previous jobs, I've seen one guy had a TV in front of him, you know, and the dashboard was huge. So, you know, this kind of a edge cases, you need to consider them while you're doing dashboards uh, and make decisions at some point, you know, does it really make value, bring value this kind of, uh, oh, I'll just put whatever I have, all the data in there and just show you everything. It's just usually not, you know, you, you can't parse all of that. It's just, you, you just want a couple of those indicators that yes, everything is fine or everything is, is, going south so something like this uh but um uh, the other stuff i also wanted to mention like you know when we were talking about uh, this the data or just a table um sometimes i see in, in you know in social media so you know out in, in the world how hard we sometimes try you know make a database 
out of something that doesn't need to be a database. You just, well, if you have just a couple of numbers, just show numbers, you know, you don't need to create a crazy story about that. And, you know, some kind of a novelty in charts. You just, you know, we try, yes, we are passionate about database, but at the end of the day, fundamentally is we're telling a story. We're trying to highlight something. So this kind of um, stuff, it's, I think it's also interesting or we need to be reminded every time when we do this database it's just well why are we doing this just because we are bored and we like to do something or is there a special value that's coming out of it that's a really salient point like i i can think of examples where i've done this in the past and i can think of examples where i've seen where someone makes it because they wanted to make a data viz versus is this the right size for this thing there have been plenty of projects that i've taken on for for fun where I think something would be interesting. I gather the data. I start to, you know, I do my exploratory visits and I'm looking at, I'm like, there's yeah. nothing here. Or yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything interesting to say with this or, or you know, and, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to move on. I can think of other things where um, I did a school shooting viz uh, not yeah. about too long ago. I, I was talking with a nonprofit and because uh, I have a mentee who was interested in looking at some of that and mm -hmm. the nonprofit mm -hmm. kind of kept the data close to their chest. They said, we only give this out on request. And I said, yeah. Oh, well, I'd really like to take a look at it and I'll make something for you. And in doing this, I, I realized the an analysis I'm performing on this is, is drudge. Like I'm, I'm making myself miserable by dealing with a topic that is so dark yeah. and terrible. Yeah. And I yeah. found some stories in there, but it was so hard <laughs> to find them. I'm glad I did. And they, they were really happy with it, but it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's not always evident before you take on the thing and start looking, you know, at the data what's actually going to be there. And it's different with like a business because with a business, they usually have an objective. Like what's our, what's our KPIs? How does budget compare to actuals or something? They've yeah. got something measurable versus I have a data set. Now figure something yeah. out. Yeah. 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 It's, it's true. Yeah. Um, one good example is COVID, you know, all the data when COVID started, I, we all saw that, you know, a flood of dashboards. Honestly, I never had any intention to touch that data. It's just, I first, I didn't feel that I'm experienced enough, you know, to tell this kind of a story that would be really this kind of a analysis story. It's just, okay, why is something, um, you know, happening over there? And, you know, I didn't want just to create this kind of a, another art out of this data. You know, sometimes you have this serious data or serious uh, stories behind this data, the data, which is not something that you should just play around. Is You need to think twice, you know, how you're going to communicate that. That's it's definitely a sort of professional maturity area. I've seen there's one famous viz that I've sort of I took I've taken a shot at before where it's like uh, the Iraqi uh, death toll or something and it's yeah. uh, it's a uh, inverted bar chart and sort of made to look like blood drips and yeah, I've said this is this is really I I can only speak of my opinion I'm like I find this really grotesque and distasteful because I've seen other things where people do like blood splatters for people dying and stuff and I'm like yeah. but that's real yeah. people like I understand like like if we're going to take this from like a purely artistic perspective and say it was evocative and it got your attention and it made you think about this. And I understand that. But at the same time, I'm like, those are real people that died. And I don't want to yeah. do something where I feel like I'm trivializing or playing with that. And I understand that not everyone feels exactly that way. Like maybe someone has a different perspective on that and that's okay. Like I, I don't claim to speak for everybody, but like for me a person, I'm like, ah. like I, I look at that. I'm like, I want to make sure that I don't do that. You know, yeah. it's, I, I try to be conscious. Yeah. And now coming back to, you know, uh, Rhino poaching database is just, you know, I use this all red color behind, which, you know, presents some kind of a blood. Uh, so yeah, it, those kind of uh, databases are, I'd say, hard to communicate. Yeah. And it, yeah, you need to justify really the story that you're making over there yeah i mean it's it's uh, the, uh, look pre i spent 13 years working at a hospital that was was working to cure pediatric cancer i understand the weight of yeah i understand the burden of weighty topics you know i i once had to scrub our roles of patient families that had lost a child we accidentally caught one time 
we had uh, someone had like uh, called a patient family and asked for a donation. Mm-hmm. Like their name had gotten on our own lists and they were like, you know, we're really sorry. You know, we've lost so-and-so and we'd love to give right now, but we're recovering funny. And it's like, you know, they were really kind about it, but it's a devastating thing to do. And it, it, we received like, this can never happen again under any circumstance. So like yeah. I'm having to find out how to scrub these names um i remember i was actually like going as far as like checking um obituaries and stuff like that's how dark it got for me so i've been there and i've done the weighty things and that's why so many of my public things i i just want to make stuff that's fun and interesting because like yeah i i've put in the time there and i'll do stuff that's important and i've got a day job god knows i i've got that but like if i'm gonna be if i'm gonna be doing this like for free on the side like i'm doing it for me yeah i completely agree you know since we are you know learning or making fun you know let's just use fun data and then uh use all the marvel you know characters sure like <laughs> and put them into data i mean that that's my thing like i'm actually um i've i uh, i got 20 minute flash talk coming up at tableau conference this year my first uh, conference nice. talk ever Congrats. i'm very excited I, it's, yeah it's always been a goal for me i love i love speaking i spoke at probably uh like eight or nine tugs this past year i spoke at two in one day but i love speaking and i'm always looking for conference engagement so if anyone's looking at the conference you know just reach out but um <laughs> You know, that's one of my big things. Like so much of my personal learning was transformed and accelerated when I moved away from doing sort of the topics that flew to me from yeah. sort of the community projects, which was great because especially when you're getting started in a lot of the stuff and you don't know where to find good data, it's yeah. great that there's these available sources, but a lot of them weren't that interesting to me. And when they weren't that interesting, yeah. I tried to make them interesting by messing around and I made stuff that I didn't necessarily love, but I was yeah. trying to make it fun for me by, yeah. you know, making it something it wasn't. So instead of just doing that, why not just look for things that I am interested in? And even if I yeah. have to cultivate the data myself, I mean, I think I might have the only John Wick data set on the Internet because I sat down and watched the first three movies and recorded every time he shot someone with a timestamp where it was, who they were, and what weapon he used. Oh, man. Uh, we're just watching the John Wick 1, the first one and second one this week. Um, so I need to go number three and then four in theaters. So You absolutely yeah. must see four in theaters. Yeah. Uh, okay. I gotta tell you this. So my wife does not particularly enjoy violent movies in any way. Like yeah. that's not her thing. And I remember I saw John Wick three was the first one I ever saw in theaters. Um, and we saw it in theaters on our anniversary, and it was her idea. <laughs> so like I showed her John Wick one, and I'm like, because I, I saw the first two, you know, on like home video. Like I, I didn't yeah, see them yeah. in theaters. I'm like oh, this movie looks interesting. What is this? And I watch it. I'm like, what is like. It starts off so incredibly realistic and dark. And then there's this massive plot twist and it becomes so cartoony and wild. And I'm like, this is amazing. I don't know what this is, but I'm down. And it's like, (laughs) I I, I go to show it to her. I'm like, okay, you're really not going to like the beginning of this movie. But about 20 minutes in, you're going to be down for everything that he does after that. (laughs) And and she is oh, apparently awesome. she appreciates his efficiency. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's fun. But but yeah, I, I like you know since we're learning this database or trying to expand our knowledge in databases. You know, this is the the whole point to just take something that's you're passionate about, you know, or some fun data, and just do just go crazy and try to explore you know especially while you're trying to you know expand your knowledge is just do whatever you know uh, yeah just produce as much as you can you know share it if you want to or not you know you can just keep it for yourself but just produce as much as you can uh this is at least this is the way that you know i'm trying to approach this kind of a be better in database you just Constantly, rinse and repeat. You're just doing always. Well, it's that Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hour thing, right? Where like, if you want to get good at something, you have to do the thing. Like, it's not just yeah. enough to, 
you know, study it or see others do it or read about it. You actually have oh, to yeah. put it into effect. And by doing it, you know, by putting in the reps, you're not just getting faster at aspects of it, which is immediately translatable to whatever you're doing at work, right? Like we've oh, all yeah. had, you know, the 20 minute drill quick, yeah. we need to know something. And you're like, <laughs> okay, let's do this. Um, but beyond that, you know, you're getting out, um, you're getting out some of the bad ideas and it's good to have, you know, you can go back and look at some of the stuff you've made that yeah. you're not particularly proud of um, yeah. because you're seeing your own growth. And I think like professionally, one of the best things you can do is not have sort of a zero sum game mindset as like, you know, someone else's win is my loss. Like the, there's there's enough success for everybody and there's enough. Correct. You yes. know, whatever you're looking for, there's enough of it for us all to win here. And the real person you're competing with is you. And it's like yeah. when you look at you, Am I am I learning? Am I growing? Am I getting better? Am I maturing? Yeah. Is my work better? Am I happier? Am I quicker? You know, yeah. stuff like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that really matters. Yeah. And one more thing is, you know, everyone is on a, its own timeline. You know, it's just it's crazy. I me comparing to you. It's just no, you're on your timeline. You know, just why would I compare, you know, to you and just say, oh, I can't achieve what you just did. You know, I'm going to be miserable now for the rest of the year. He's just, no, he's just, I'm going to get there at some point. You know, it's just, you know, consistency. Just keep pushing. Yeah. 100%. Like, I know for me, like, um, I, I came on and I would see people that were ahead of me. And there'd be times where I would look at it and, and wonder and inspiration. I'm like, holy cow, how did you do that? I'll never yeah. understand. Yeah. And then years later, you understand, or maybe you find the right tutorial or something, or maybe it's just the right dots connecting your head. Other times, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just understanding the fact that, you know, it, we didn't all start at the same, same exact place. Some people had backgrounds yeah. that set yeah. them up better. Some people have been doing it longer, you know, understanding that like, if you, if you just picked up Tableau public today and you logged in and you, you saw like, you know, I don't know, Kevin Flerlidge, you know, who's, who's, a kind of the Bobby Flay of, of Tableau. Like if you saw his stuff, you're like, oh, I'm never going to be. It's like, well, you know, also he's been doing it a while. He's he's yeah. Kevin Flerlidge, you know, yeah. it's guess what? Someday you will be you also. But, you know, you're going to put in some work, but it's OK. It's like it's a journey and it can be fun and it can be entertaining. Yes. yes. Funny you mentioned Kevin. It's just uh, I ping him so many times when I was doing stuff in the Tableau. Every time when I hit the wall with this kind of a more technical aspect, we're just oh, okay. Let's let me ping Kevin again, <laughs> and he was always so nice and helping me out with this kind of ideas. Which just yeah, that that's the I would say the beauty of this Tableau community that I really love. It. It's just you can ping anyone. I wouldn't just say the Tableau community is all this database community. Yeah. You know, even these days when I'm doing more uh, D3 and other frameworks is just you just being one you know someone who is already doing something and they will be so happy to help you you just this is awesome that's that's the whole point of it because like if you're doing any of this stuff and especially you know we're, we're all we're, we're not all remote workers but we're all connected now like it's all global yeah. we yeah. all see each other's work you know you'll discover someone you know across the world and like i'm a huge fan of pradeep kumar and he's like I think he's in Dubai right now. He might be back in India. Like I every like he makes the most beautiful business dashboards I've ever seen. And I look at them and I'm I'm just awed every time. And like I'm happy to see them and also understand I'm not going to make Pradeep Kumar dashboards. And that's okay. Yeah. Like understanding who you are and who someone else is and what you want to make and what other people want to make, that's also like a great sort of point of maturity. Like understanding it's okay to admire something and think it's amazing and also be like, you know, I'm probably not going to do that. And that's all right. But like, yeah. like you were saying, like people are sort of generous with a lot of this because I think we're more and more people are coming to understanding, like there's no real benefit to cloistering knowledge. Like if you're trying to hold on to a tip or an idea, like that's not your value. Your value is no. that you can do this. And also your value is that you're a team player and that you're easy to work with. One of the first things that people want to know, like beyond the, can you actually do this? which, you know, a lot of people can demonstrate is, are you going to be easy to work with? Like, are you going to yeah. build up others? Or if someone comes to you and they're stuck on a project and you'll be like, no, sorry, I got my own thing going. Yeah, like, it's all about team players. Yeah, it's all about that. I mean, yeah, 
you know, at work, you know, we, we sort of, I've, we've, I'm on a team and, you know, we say, Hey, look, if you need help, just, just ask, because there's no benefit to you tanking on your project and me finishing mine. Like we all want to finish our projects. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd rather jump in and, and help and, you know, make sure you're happy and that the clients are happy. Like let's, yes. let's yeah. all win together. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole purpose of this whole thing. Um, yeah. You need to be open-minded regarding the, you know, getting help from others uh, and also sharing it. Uh, you know, what I'm trying to be better, you know, for me, or at least a goal that I have is start doing more of those uh, blog posts. You know, this is the way that I definitely acknowledge it's a way to learn stuff better and, you know, through blog posts. And then you're doing it for yourself. But then at the end of the day, this also reflects on community. You know, you, you teach someone else and then someone else will teach someone else because of your blog. And so, yeah, it's contagious, all this, uh, you know, knowledge sharing around, um, you know, even, you know, like communities looking at my dashboards, you know, I never had this kind of intention just, oh, I'm going to produce those things and I'm going to be famous or whatever, you know, it's just, no, it's just, you know, I wanted to do those. And then, yes, I can inspire someone else. You know, this is great. If someone else got inspired by my work, you know, this is great, you know, just, you know, do your own version based on based on my designs or something. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've had people reach out to me and tell me, hey, I really love this thing that you did. And it'll be something I've completely forgotten about. And I know like sort of what my mindset is and what I sort of grew up with and everything. I always like my impulse is to be like, no, you know, it's I want to I want to minimize. I don't want to. I feel uncomfortable sort of accepting any kind of praise. Um, and I think part of my professional maturity and personal growth is me understanding it's okay to feel however you want to feel, but like this person, this meant a lot to them and it really helped them. So don't yeah. insult them by minimizing the impact of this for them. If something yeah. was valuable to them, say, Hey, that's really great. Thank you for telling me. I, I appreciate yeah. that. You know, uh, it's it, rather than like, Oh, it could have been a, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, um, deflection yeah. uh, I, I would naturally feel like saying instead you know yeah and i still remember when i was doing more of those tableau um data visas folk were re reaching out to me and say oh I, i'm doing this data vis can you just review it you know from design perspective i've done you know a lot of this kind of a red lining and just say you know just try to align those stuff you know oh, i know i asked you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was it was crazy uh, and yeah it, it's great you know this it not just you know helped them but also helped me you know to understand oh you know i'm some kind of a influence on someone or at least you know sharing my knowledge or sharing the sharing the okay how you should be doing this kind of a stuff you know from design perspective well as we sort of move towards our close here i'm going to give you an opportunity to do that once again so i want to ask you um for, for anyone out there that's either working on uh, personal or professional projects, you know, you're obviously coming from a UI perspective versus sort of a business dashboardy perspective. What advice would you give in terms of, you know, constructing a database project based on your experience and your, your personal aesthetic, obviously it doesn't have to fit for everything, but like what, what, what do you take into consideration when you're thinking about it? Yeah. Um, first thing that i'm trying to understand is always data so you know you have data if you don't have data you can do whatever you know it might not be working for for customers or clients so data is your first starting point and then i'm trying to look through data so yes you can use tableau just throw the data in there you know visualize something you know at that point you're not doing designs it's just trying to understand what is data telling you um Specifically, if you're trying to find this needle, you know, that you want to communicate, you know, are we moving somewhere? You know, if if, if someone comes to you and just say, oh, we need to do comparison or week over week, you know, it, it's straightforward. You know, it's just, okay, we have numbers, we need to week over the week. But if you have this kind of a database that we're trying to tell a story, but, you know, you need to find a story in this data, I just... Dig, dig dig into the data, the data stuff uh, first. Um, so this is definitely you know, I'm, I'm doing more. Um, and then after that is 
I'm trying just to, you know, think around uh, what would be the best way to to visualize this data. Uh, or I'm also go through, let's say, all possible chart types and see, okay, I know data, what kind of data is this, but is just a line chart the best way that, you know, we can communicate that or bar charts? Usually it is, but, you know, can we do a little bit of this kind of an art, you know, approach in there? Um, so I go through this kind of stuff and if I can find a better way of um, a better chart type. Um, and after that, it's just, you know, a lot of sketching around, okay, you know, a couple of ideas, cool ideas, not cool ideas. So this is sketching is cheap. Um, and, you know, at that point, if I find something that is, you know, interesting, and then I go and, and start building uh, this dashboard or database. Um, so the way that you build it, it's, you know, up to you. You can just jump into your tools and start doing, or or maybe you go to, let's say, Figma and, you know, try to recreate, you know, uh, as a static uh, da uh, dashboard or static uh, database first, and then this helps you to, you know, build it faster. Um, yeah. I'm doing both approaches. You know, usually the one that you just jump into, let's say coding or Tableau is taking a longer time, but it's it's also beneficial because you're exploring, you know, other opportunities in there. Um, but yeah, this is some kind of approach that, that I'm doing and, and, you know, I saw value in there, in that, um, I would definitely recommend everyone else to do some, something similar and it's up to, you know, everyone who finds, you know, some kind of a steps maybe necessary or some other steps, you know, they can include those steps more in there. Yeah. I think finding your own process and what works best for you. Uh, is is very valuable. And, you know, depending on your professional environment, obviously, you know, whatever sort of job work you're doing may have a different process or may have different, yeah. you know, checkpoints or whatever. They may, there may be a wireframing phase or something that's sort yeah. of an expectation. Yeah. Um, I, I know like what I do, my methodology at work is different from my methodology on, you know, personal projects, personal projects. It's more of like directly to my tool prototyping, uh, you know, it, it's almost like I, I'm just like going at it with pencil, like, and I, I'm just yeah. sort of like refining over and over until I finally hit it with ink at the end um, yeah. versus uh, something at work where I'm coming at it with a much more concrete plan from the very beginning and then executing on that vision, uh, maybe with minor revisions or, or you know, alterations at the end. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, different approaches and, you know, to totally different aesthetics as well, like business stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we have a design uh, template and design aesthetic. So we've got set colors. We've got very specific paddings we use. We have design standards of don't put more than five charts on a page. Like, you know, yeah. be realistic about what is, you know, overwhelming and what's not. And also make sure there's room for stuff to breathe, which is something that you really embrace in all your stuff. And uh, I brought a lot of that to my personal projects as well with the whole, you know, backing out how many things I was putting on a page, maybe, yeah. you know, being more free with text and less images at times, because, you know, I can conduct some analysis and I don't have to show you every aspect of it. I can tell you some of it, but maybe yeah. let this one particularly alarming or exciting or cool chart shine instead, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you said, uh, you know, there's no one particular uh, way of doing it. It's just, you find your way, uh, yeah, and it depends on, you know, what kind of steps do you need to take in, in between? Like you said, okay, at your day-to-day -day job, you might need some additional steps because you need to communicate with someone else. When you're doing it for yourself, you just dive and explore, so... It's, uh, it's almost like jazz versus playing in the symphony. Like in yeah, the symphony, exactly. yeah. you've got a conductor, <laughs> you you have you have all these other pieces you're needing to coordinate with. And in conjunction, you're making a harmonious sound with jazz. It's more of you might be a solo actor, even if you're playing with others. It's less about perfect harmony and knowing the rules and how to yeah. stick to yeah. them to create something yeah. creative. Yeah. So, hey, this has been an absolute delight. I know we haven't talked as much lately, but getting to talk to you face-to-face -face has been a whole lot of fun. <laughs> this it's, was a uh, highlight. <laughs> oh, man, like this has been great for me. And um, I'm really glad I reached out. I'm really glad we're talking. And I really hope a lot of people get to check out some of your work. So to that end, where can people find you? Oh, man. Uh, well, Twitter is definitely one. Um, 
lately I'm more engaged in um, Instagram. So I'm trying to share more stuff over there. Um, or I have um, one chart dot XYZ um, as some kind of a side project or, you know, whatever. I saw your they, Steph Curry popcorn charts over there. So you've got some, yeah, some classic I, and some I, new stuff. I still trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do with, with that? But the whole idea is um, this kind of um, one chart at a time. Uh, you know, we just do it. Once I make it, I just share it. Uh, eventually, you know, there should be some kind of a library, you know, my work or something. Who knows what will end up. But but yeah, this is uh, where you can check my, my stuff uh, over there. Uh, but other than that, yeah, social media. Always glad if you reach out to me, you know, um, if I can help you, just ping me. Amazing. Um, I will throw your details in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you could get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one you won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.